choose is Travis Shaw over anyone who's great. In an Adamazer trade, the other team's getting played. And Ace to Chris is most guys' number threes. Have any of these dudes ever won the podcast league? But they'll be there for you. baseball we are here to talk about it we got some trade talk for you buy low sell high buy high and a player we are worried about if we have time we'll sneak in some buy or sell at the end of the show i am adam azer good morning to a very hungry scott white good morning adam you done with the Still breakfast? eating our, my breakfast as we speak i'm gonna okay. take a break for the podcast <laughs> all right good. nice hour-long break from my breakfast all right talk to you about baseball isn't that thoughtful of me very nice we'll heat it up later Heath Cummings, good morning. This is going to be the best show ever. I am so excited. Ooh, how come? There's well, I'm not going to like give it away. People gotta wait and see why, but it's going to be awesome. Are you talking about our bonus edition of the Fantasy Regulators? That is one of many things that are going to be awesome on this show. Okay, good. We do have a bonus edition of the Fantasy Regulators coming up in a little bit. So here's the thing. About a million players I want to talk about from yesterday, give or take a few. I want to get to it right now. Let's start with Wednesday standouts. I've got five or six of them, and then you can fill in the blanks. So I'm going to give you a player, and we're going to talk about him. Let's do it. Sonny Gray, eight scoreless innings, two hits, eight strikeouts at Toronto. Sonny Gray, in his last seven starts, has a 338 ERA. Two really bad starts in there at home against Oakland and the Angels. Five pretty good starts. Um, Scott, well, actually, Heath, you've got the hottest take on Sonny Gray, so kick it off. It's not a hot take at all. It's just the way that you sh- should should be what you should do immediately is start making offers to sell Sonny Gray. And it's not because I think Sonny Gray is going to go back to being a six or seven ERA starting pitcher. We said before the Baltimore start two starts ago that that kind of felt like if he's not good here, I might drop him. He was really good against Baltimore, which he should be. They are an absolute dumpster fire against right-handed pitchers this year. He was really good at Toronto without Josh Donaldson. Good. That's great. 14 innings, only one run given up, 14 strikeouts in his last two starts. Go sell him now. He's still not going to be a pitcher you feel good about starting at home unless it's against a terrible offense. You're not going to start him at Boston. You're not going to start him places like at Houston. If you can get somebody, anybody, to treat him just like a rotation mainstay, Go sell him now. Mm-hmm. Sonny Gray. Scott, do you agree or disagree? I just have a hard time believing you're going to be able to sell high on a guy with a 481 ERA and 146 whip. That's that's my biggest thing there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have much hope in Sonny Gray being the pitcher he was last year, the pitcher we drafted him to be. He had, like, it's it's nice that he's managed to make the most of what he's dealing with during the six-start or seven start stretch, but like still not getting nearly the swinging strikes he did a year ago. He hasn't been near the ground ball pitcher he's been throughout his career. So the things that made him good coming into the year are still not present, even though he's pitching a little better. All right, that is Sonny Gray. My next standout is Carlos Carrasco. 
He's been uh, an up-and-down pitcher this year. It's Ten strikeouts. Actually, his two best starts have been against Milwaukee. Uh, remember, he struck out with 13 or 14 Brewers not long ago. And yesterday, 10 Brewers uh, in seven innings of one-run ball and eight hits allowed. So I was watching this start, and I noticed he is really not throwing his fastball much. And his velocity's down a little bit. Um, he's just a different pitcher right now. And uh, that's kind of interesting. It's a little Patrick Corbin-y, I think. What do you guys think about Carlos Carrasco, a, a somewhat different version? Scott White, Carlos Carrasco. I, I have nothing to be concerned about with Carrasco personally. I like he's averaging. You say his velocity is down, but it's ninety four point four seven versus ninety four point. No, look at look at his last, last look at his last two starts, two or three starts. So he hasn't really yeah. had – he's been – oh, okay. No, there's no way. There's no way 90, he averages 94.66 yesterday. <laughs> there's no way. He was throwing consistently 93 miles per hour yesterday. When I, now I only watched – I missed like the first three innings. But I, it was – and what, what's the what's the percentage of fastballs? Because that was really what stood out to me. He was throwing breaking ball after breaking ball. Um, and he usually he's like a 40%. Combining, combining four-seamer and sinker. He threw about forty percent fastballs. It doesn't. It doesn't look like an oddity. I mean, it's about ten percent. Ten percent below where he's been. He's been a most years fifty-five ish percent. His career is fifty-three point eight. Last year it was down to forty-eight percent fastballs. Now forty-five. Like I, it's it's pretty close to last year. Yeah, I have moved him around starts. a little bit, but it's just moving him around between like nine and fifteen in the starting pitcher ranking. So I, I don't have any concern about him being a borderline number one starter the rest of the way. All right. Yeah, yeah I mean after his guy. last start, Heath and I were on and we both said something to the effect of like this is kind of who he is. High ERA <sighs> guy who has these who's going to have a big strikeout total and has games like this frequently. Well he's enough not that he's Borderline ace. Yeah, I I don't know that he's a high ERA guy. He's been three two three three or better three out of the last four years. Right. All right. You know, I got my eye on it because because I was watching yesterday and like with Carrasco and Corbin, and the the data is not really backing me up, but I I'm I swear to it. He's he was a big time breaking ball pitcher yesterday, and appears the start before. I think of T- Tanaka. Um, where you know you've got a lot of volatility because the fastball is not great. So I'm not, I'm certainly not there yet with Carrasco, but this to me is a trend to watch. Keeping an eye on the velocity and the fastball usage going forward, and I might be the only like, one in the world. I, I don't, I don't really see what's wrong with the velocity. Like I'm I telling get, you, I get he's, he, I'm telling I'm, you, he's, he's. You keep throwing. saying this every time Carrasco starts. No, I got, that's not true at all. <laughs> that's not true at all. I'm saying this. This is like the first time I've said it. I think I haven't no, been banging that drum. You've said it before. Like he he hit 98 yesterday. Uh, he hit. Oh wait a he, second, that's for the season. That's, yeah, yeah. He no, hit. He hit 96 not. yesterday. He hit 96. That 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 is a meaningless stat to me, just in general. Um, what, you know, what one or two pitches throughout a game. Um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it. But that was usually his game high last year. Like this is like Adam like, versus I'm, Adam versus of the his starts last year. No, this is not Adam versus the computer. This is what Adam saw yesterday when he watched the start. Right, it's your eyes against the computer. But the ah, all right, Mike Fultonevich. <laughs> Who's buying Mike Fultonevich? You know, one thing I noticed yesterday wasn't the best start for him, but it wasn't bad. Two runs in five innings, three walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, boy, okay, he was at San Diego yesterday. Before that, the Cubs at the Phillies and at Boston. 
So he's actually navigated a very tough schedule recently very, very well. 25 swinging strikes for Fultonevich yesterday. Who is buying Mike Fultonevich? He's basically right now a must-start, started in 88% of leagues. What do you think going forward? I don't know that I'm going to quite start him every time he pitches. But, it, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting. Like, the thing I've been harping on about him all season is for the the strikeout, for his K per nine, how many strikeouts he's getting, his swinging strike rate is kind of low. It's middle of the pack in terms of all major league pitchers. And then he has, quote-unquote, a bad start compared to the one he was coming off of and what you expected based on the matchup. And he gets 25 swinging strikes you have here in the notes, an insane number. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I kind of feel like, and I said this after his last start, like, I, I kind of feel like the um, amount of information available to us is making the assessment of Fultonevich more complicated than it needs to be. He looks like a top strikeout pitcher, right? Like, yeah. K per nine, close to 11 a third of the way through the season. Right. Um, I wish he didn't walk so many hitters, and because of that, there are going to be times when he falls short of a quality start like this. But I think he's pretty good. So who would you rather have, Sean Newcomb or Mike Fultonevich? Newcomb. I think they're similar. Um, but lately, Fultonevich has looked like the much better strikeout pitcher. So... I mean, I still have Newcomb ahead, but I think that that gap is narrowing. Okay, uh, Clay Buckholtz, Heath, any interest in him? It's not even clear he'll stay in the rotation for Arizona, uh, is it? Well, I, yeah, go ahead. It'd be hard if he keeps this up for him not to. And he's been, he's had some good luck. I, I pretty much just ignored Clay Buckholtz until this most recent start, and I was like, okay. We need to at least go look and see what's going on here. And when he had success in the past, he was a pretty good to, at times, very good control pitcher. That has been his key to success so far. He's not walking anyone other than the good luck. I I don't think after four starts I'm going to expect that that's going to continue, but he's at least someone that I might have to consider if he had a two-start week against good matchups. And he does yeah, have a two-star week, good. and they're not bad. It's Pittsburgh and the Mets at home. All the Mets should have Cespedes back, uh, you know. So he's 44% owned now, and he's probably taking the place of Robbie Ray at, at the moment. But, yeah, maybe they can find a way to keep him in um, for Matt Cook or something like that. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, what do you think? Next week, Buckholz, Pittsburgh and the Mets at home. I wouldn't do it. I mean, there are Like, I will consider it in our 14-team league. Yeah, that it's makes a sense. Points, a points, 14 team points lead. Yeah. He, like, especially the, the strikeouts the last two starts, he has no good swing at miss pitch. He's throwing softer than he ever has. Like, I don't, this is, this to me seems like totally like smoke and mirrors. How about Matt Kemp, guys? Matt Kemp is the number 27 outfielder in points, but number 14 in roto. Why this, the uh, disparity? Because of at bats, uh, plate appearances. He went three for five with a home run and two doubles and five RBIs and three runs and a walk at Pittsburgh yesterday. Matt Kemp is batting 353 with 10 home runs and 16 doubles in 59 games. Oh my goodness, is anybody buying Matt Kemp? <laughs> uh, it seems like the Dodgers are starting to. He started 
14 of their past 16 games. So if that continues, and why wouldn't it? Because um, as as many holes as have popped up in their lineup this year, as long as that continues, then the bats issue isn't going to be that much of an issue. And I've kept him low in my rankings because of that, and because you know, the way his time ended in Atlanta, I wasn't really buying his performance. The BABIP is really high, but he's hitting the crap out of the ball, line drive and hard contact rates among the highest he's ever had. So, uh, I mean, obviously he's not going to hit 350 all year, but I think he's pretty good. I, like, I think as long as the Dodgers start him, fantasy owners probably should too. All right, Matt Kemp, nice work. And finally, Blake Parker, Heath, got another save yesterday. Is Blake Har- Parker, I think I said this about somebody yesterday, I don't remember, but is Blake Parker criminally under-owned at 39% owned? He is definitely underowned at 39%. I don't know what would define criminally. I'm not ready to say that Blake Parker should be owned 100% of leagues. I think there's probably a better option in a standard points league just because like if he goes a week where he gets one save, that's just going to kind of seem like normal, I think. Um, so I do think in those leagues with, with all the extra sparps, and the 20 or so relievers that we actually feel decent about, I, I don't think he's probably needs to be started in standard points leagues, but he should be owned in every single categories league. Would you rather have Blake Parker or Fernando Rodney? Parker. Would you rather have Blake Parker or Josh Hader in a points league? That's right I, at the line. I think it's a Hader. I would, yeah, I'd, I think I'd take Rodney and Hader both over Parker. So, I mean, this is obviously the most consistency Mike Sosha has shown in the closer role this year. I just, I still don't trust him. All right. Well, hey, we got a, we got a big event coming up on Saturday. No, it's not my birthday. That's coming up pretty soon. Get excited. It's the Belmont Stakes. Yeah. Justify going for the triple crown. A lot of interest in the Belmont Stakes. Head on over to sportsline.com slash join and sign up and use the code supreme. For half off an annual subscription, usually $99.99, it's only $49.99 if you use the code SUPREME. You go to sportsline.com slash join and use the code SUPREME, and you can renew at that reduced rate every year forever for all you Sandlot fans. Again, it's uh, the code is SUPREME. It's a great time to go on Sportsline. Our horse racing expert, Jody Demling, is incredible. Last uh, at, the, at the Preakness, he had... The exacta, the trifecta, and the superfecta, he nailed them all. So, Supreme is the promo code, sportsline.com slash join. Also want to tell you about SeatGeek. More promo codes for you to remember. All right, so there are two codes. There's Fantasy, and there's Today. Fantasy gets you 20 bucks off your first purchase on the SeatGeek app. Today gets you 10 bucks off any baseball tickets. So if you already used the code Fantasy, use the code Today instead for your baseball purchases. Look, you may not... Need to go to an event right now. But next time you do, next time you say, hey, I want to go to a game or a concert or comedy or theater. I want my purchase to be fully guaranteed. I want the best prices. I want some money off my deal with a promo code. I want you to download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. I use it all the time. I have used it for so many types of events. I will be going to Yankees games very soon. I will be using SeatGeek to get there because it gets me the best deals. And it grades every seat based on value so you can easily see. It's even got this like uh, these... Little notes next to every ticket say, great deal or lousy deal, so you know uh, where you're getting your bang for your buck. Download SeatGeek, use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off, or use the code TODAY 
for uh, for ten bucks off baseball tickets. All right, the big news: Shohei Otani left with a blister. That's this actually is pretty big news. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys, Scott? What do you make of this? Otani leaving with a blister. I think it's frustrating, like because obviously it's a recurrence of um, the only bet, like the injury that caused the only bad stretch he's had this year. Uh, now they say it's not as bad as that first blister and that first blister. I'm not sure he technically missed a start. Maybe he missed one. So in terms of him missing time, uh, that's, that's not something I'm concerned about, but just the, the recurrence of it suggests this might be something that pops up over and over again. And when there's already, there's already the frustration of, um, the Angels continually pushing him back to make sure he gets the rests he needs. And, uh, you know, anytime he's scheduled to start late in a week, you got to worry about him potentially getting pushed back all of a sudden and not making any starts at all. Like it's, it's turning into, it's turning into a even more frustrating situation owning Otani, which is sad because he's amazing. And I still, I still feel like um, the way we set him up, we we set up it up on CBS for fantasy owners to use him, and the, the way he's set up basically everywhere. Because I don't think anybody really nailed it the best way to to uh, um, actualize uh, Otani's real life value in fantasy. Uh, I think I think I think it's sad. I think it's sad. I th- I think we need to look at that again. <laughs> this I'm sorry. That was uh, that was that was really depressing, Scott. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> like that was quite a moment. Hey, we're done. We're done, folks. Uh, I'm ending the show. We're out of here. <laughs> Sorry to bring you well, down, guys. The news gets better after this. Uh, oh, with Alex Reyes. No, we have to stay on Otani because we got to talk about rankings. We got to talk about where you have Shohei Otani, where you're going to have him, rest of season. So, so Heath, why don't you brighten up my day a little bit? Tell me where you have uh, Shohei Otani. Um, I've. Pretty consistently had him in the 30s. I think he may have just recently snuck up to as high as 29 in Roto. Um, listen, it's it's an impossible thing to actually rank because when he pitches, I expect him to pitch like a top 18 pitcher. I think he's a borderline ace when he pitches. <laughs> it's a random cutoff. Top yeah. 18. Well, I was okay. just, I was visualizing my rankings and the, the players and the names and that's, he's, he's a right eight. That's what I expect. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I wrote about him and the other top rookie pitchers and what I expect rest of season. And before this start, he was basically on pace for 140 innings for the year. I think people have to realize that's probably a little bit closer to his ceiling than it is to his floor. All right. Let me um, throw out names. Let me throw out names. Would you rather have Tanner Roark? Or Shohei Otani. 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 Okay. Would you rather? Wow. Actually, I'm a little surprised. Like I have twenty fourth in my rankings, and so let's. I mean, let's talk yeah. about some of the higher names here. Because okay. Obviously, I mean, it's been frustrating owning owning Otani, but Roark like, I might throw directly ahead of Chris Archer. But Roark might no throw idea. sixty more innings. Like, I mean, isn't that too high to have him twenty fourth? He might. He, he's going to throw one hundred and forty innings, maybe. And now he has a blister. Well, it, you're not. It's it's less about how many total fantasy points he's going to wind up with than what sort of impact he's going to make 
to your Tanner team. Roark is going to outscore Shohei Otani in a points league this year. Yeah, I think that's safe to assume that. But um, the impact on a start-by-start basis is going to be higher for Otani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. All right. All right, now we can move on. Let's talk about something happy. Alex Reyes is out for the year. Scott, um, what do you <laughs> what do you think about Alex Reyes? Is this a happy happy news or sad news, Scott? With Reyes, <laughs> this is this is even sadder news. Um, and like somebody passed. Now he's going to miss the second straight. Now, now we got here the top pitching prospect in baseball, right? Missing a second consecutive season with injury, and while last season it was the Fairly predictable outcome of Tommy John surgery. This year, it's muscle detached from bone in the back of his pitching shoulder. Sorry, I'm playing music that's supposed to be very sad. It's not really worth that. Do you have any blues music? Like Scott, can Scott just sing the blues for a minute? And um, long term outlook for Reyes. Go ahead. The procedure he had to fix his shoulder is the same one that kind of transformed Jake Peavy from a perennial Cy Young candidate to a mid rotation starter. Um, now they say that it's, it's not quite as bad of a case as PV dealt with, but that's still a scary comparison. And I think what it does is it takes Reyes, like obviously dynasty leagues, he's still an asset. He's still one of the top prospects, but he's no longer that inevitability. Like I have this ace in waiting. It's now there's as much risk to him as, um, you know, the, the average. Well, the average high-end pitching prospect, if that makes sense. Okay. All right, guys. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna blow through the rest of the notes and uh, start talking trade and yesterday's uh, results a little bit more. So Angelton Simmons is on the DL with an ankle injury that he just he stepped wrong in the dugout. Tough to see. Yoenna Cespedes could be back this weekend, and Noah Syndergaard is expected to start against the Yankees this weekend. Will you start Noah Syndergaard uh, if you can in a daily league? If you already had him in your lineup, would you start Syndergaard against the Yankees? Yeah. Yep. All right. Tell me your level of interest. Tampa Bay is calling up outfielder Jake Bowers. It's kind of interesting. Like okay. it's he's gonna be, he's eligible at outfield right now. He's going to pick up first base eligibility. And it sounds like they're fully committed to making him their starter at that position. So this isn't another Willie Adamas situation. Adam and AL only. Adam in any roto t- league fourteen teams or deeper. I'm probably not adding him in a twelve team league yet. There wasn't quite enough power in the minors to do that. But it's a really good overall hitting profile, and we've seen that translates big numbers, like unexpectedly good numbers in the majors before. And All obviously right. the Rays have a lot of confidence in Jake Bowers. Miami's called up uh, starting pitcher Trevor Richards. Interest level? NL only. Okay. Uh, Dennis Santana for the Dodgers. John Beeks for the Red Sox. Both will make their first starts tonight. Dennis Santana for the Dodgers. John Beeks for the Red Sox. I'd be interested in Beeks if I thought there was any chance he'd stick around, but after the way Stephen Wright pitched yesterday, and even that was just as a fill-in for Drew Pomeranz, I don't, I don't think Beeks has any avenue right now. But big strikeout rate in the minors. All right, you ready for some trade talk, guys? Sure. Yeah, all right. Give me a buy low, a sell high, a buy high, and a player that you are actually concerned about. Heath, kick it off with a buy low. Let's talk about Shohei Otani some more. You heard how sad Scott White was. Every Shohei Otani owner in America feels that sadness today. And so it's probably a good time to send him an Azer offer. Let's see if, uh, let's see just how sad they are. 
And I would, I would use the same type of thing we were talking about with Tanner Roark of, well, you know, he's going to score a lot more points than Otani the rest of the year and see if you can get somebody to accept a deal like that. So you, okay. Tanner, so Tanner Roark is someone that you could throw out there. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'd send Rick Porcello for him. Okay. Uh, Scott, like that. buy low, Scott White. <laughs> I'm going to stick with a favorite of mine. Luis Castillo, who um, I was getting so many tweets during his last start about what's wrong with him. This guy's awful. I need to drop him. And like before I'd seen the results of his start. And so I'm like, man, this must have just been an epic disaster. And then I go look at the box score and he allowed a grand slam. And that was the extent of the damage. So uh, I, I get it's it's kind of frustrating, and the ERA is still super inflated from early in the season. Uh, he seems to have these lapses in control from time to time that uh, that really set him back. But like when he's on, he's still as overpowering as an ace with that changeup and all the swinging strikes it gets. And um, I think the end result is going to be better than we. We've seen to this point, and uh, now's a good time to make another play for him with people asking me if they should drop him. That's Luis Castillo. Would you rather have Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo? Castillo, Castillo. easily. Would you rather have Nick Pavetta or Luis Castillo? I would rather have Castillo. I think I think that's where right where the line is for me. I think I'd rather have Pavetta. Heath, give me a sell high. Or is it, is it Sunny Gray? We already. I already gave you a sell high. Okay, it's Sunny Gray. <laughs> uh, Scott, sell high. But that's not how this works, Heath. You're no, it literally is how it works. To find somebody. Well, we talked before the show about whether or not I'll just talk about how we talked about you, whether or okay. not you would have these ready, and we knew that you would not. Yeah, we we did. Yeah. Even though we do not. this every I, Thursday. I don't know what downtime you guys think I have at this stage of my life, but I can sit around and ponder these things. I, uh, yeah, I take, I take so care of the kids all day. I else. go into work at night. I get home, try to get four or five hours of sleep, Oy. and then I wake up to do this podcast. So, oh boy. I've, I've, yeah. got ki- I've got kids. I still, <laughs> I value Adam's. Thank time. you. Thank you, Heath. Scott, have you figured out your sell high yet? Have we killed enough time? No. All right. Well, no, I was talking to you guys. Then, um, um... <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to. Let's see. He's... I'm going to say that um, a good sell high. Heath, how about is... a buy high? Let's give Scott some time. Heath, you give me a buy high. I'll Scott, you, you come up high. with a sell high and a buy high while we're Andrew Benintendi, Ooh. who has just been an absolute monster as of late the breakout happened a little bit of a slow start but i had him ranked before the season as a top 12 outfielder and i'm willing to pay top 10 top 9 prices for benintendi i think four of the three of the top 4 or maybe three of the top 5 outfielders in fantasy are red sox outfielders of course one is their dh who's outfield eligible J.D. Martinez, but um, Benintendi right now, I believe, is a top five outfielder. He just he had an incredible May. He's continuing it in June. I was going to take a deeper look into his stats uh, tomorrow because I didn't know how he was doing against lefties. Maybe they've just faced a bunch of righties. Well, he had a dong off one last night. 
Oh, uh, yes, yes. Wow, he did. Okay, good. No, I, I mean, I'm riding this, this, uh, Benintendi wave. It's been if, outstanding. If you go look at his peripherals, the hard contact rate is still really, really low. But I, I don't think that's telling the full story because it was like 20% after the first month of the season. So he's, he's already got 10 stolen bases, which kind of surprised me. Right. He's got a seven, 752 OPS against lefties. That will absolutely play. Okay, Scott, are you ready or do you need another minute? Do you want do you want my sell high or my buy high? Both, first? baby, both. All right. So sell high, I'm gonna go with Nomar Mazzara, who um like the fly ball rate isn't correcting. Even to the even to the modest level it was in previous years. It is among the lowest for full time hitters this year. He said he puts the ball on the ground a ton. And his success is almost entirely dependent on his power production. So it just, it doesn't jibe for me. He has been really good to this point, but unless he starts elevating the ball better, I'm skeptical it's going to continue. Okay. And no my buy high would be Michael Brantley. Uh. Like, I think he's, I think he's back to being the stud and I'm frustrated because the past two years I had a lot of shares in Michael Brantley expecting him to get back to this level of production. I've got them all. You got them all. You you yeah, kept you the do. faith for a third straight year. He was so cheap, you didn't need to have any faith. Oh, maybe. But um, but yeah, I mean the Babbitt, like he's batting three twenty five with three sixteen Babbitt. Like he hardly ever strikes out, and the power production is uh, enough certainly to play with that kind of batting average potential. Yeah, I I could have probably traded you Darvish for Michael Brantley a few weeks ago. And I mean, maybe at the time, you know, Darvish was healthy. Maybe it would have been yeah, a slight loss. I mean, I'd still loss. rather have Darvish. Yeah, I'd like a slight loss, but not not a huge yeah. loss. Um, would you rather have Nomar Mazzara or Yoenis Cespedes? I would rather have Mazzara, but you know, I, I'm you know, I haven't been a big Cespedes guy from the start of the season. Okay, unfair comparison. Would you trade Nomar Mazzara for an injured Will Myers? Uh, my rankings show that I would. Now, obviously, you'd have to have the depth to accommodate that, but yes. We we'll try right. to trade Nomar Mazar for Shohei Otani. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And a player actually worried about Heath. I'm going to say Jay Bruce. We oh, keep yeah, thinking yeah. that he's just going to come out of this, and I'm not. I'm not totally sure he's going to come out of this. And with Cespedes coming back, and the way Brandon Nimmo has hit. I don't know that Jay Bruce is going to play every day for a while. You know, that's, I was going to bring that up because they actually brought, they actually said that on the Mets broadcast. They didn't say it's going to happen, but they speculated that Bruce could lose playing time when Cespedes is healthy. Of course, Conforto's been horrible too. I mean, that's that's a player I'm actually worried about. But Conforto's been better than Bruce, right? Everybody's been better than Bruce. And uh, it's but Adrian Gonzalez hasn't, so they could use him his, at first base. His strikeouts are down just a little bit from the past. His swinging strike rate's actually up. It's just the power has completely disappeared. His hard contact rate doesn't look awful, but it is down pretty considerably over the last couple of years. I, I think he'll be a little better than this. I'm not sure he's going to be good, though. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing for me. I don't see any reason, looking at the bat at ball profile, to think he's just a different hitter than he's been. His line drive rate is actually awesome. Like it's just, they're just not as really hard of line drives. I guess, but I mean, relative to 
all of baseball. I'm not sure Jay Bruce could have a good BABIP with a 30% line drive rate. All right, Scott, he's, let me, let me but get why the, not is the thing. He's, well, he just, he never has. I don't, I don't know if the Mets, I don't know if the Mets will be patient with him either because obviously Brandon Nimmo's complicated things, but I think if they are patient with him, Bruce will be fine. Okay. Uh, Scott, give me your, uh, player actually worried about. Going with Sean Manaya. Player I'm legitimately worried about. And we kind of got into it a little yesterday. Uh, I wasn't totally buying him even when he was quote unquote dominating because not a lot of strikeouts there. It's only gotten worse recently. And as much as he's scuffled lately, 218 Babip still. What's, what's going to happen when the Babip normalizes? Hmm. Yeah. It may, it may not be pretty. Yeah. I wonder uh, when people start dropping Sean and I, I don't think we're there yet, but, uh, no, uh, we are. We no, are there, there. We are there with Chase Anderson. You know that, like, <laughs> you get yep. like low strikeouts, and uh, you know, I'm not saying they're the same, but people need to start. And a quick aside, you need to drop Chase Anderson. He's like 78 percent owned. There's just too many interesting players out there. So let me recap: the buy lows were Shohei Otani and Luis Castillo. The sell highs were Sonny Gray and Nomar Mazzara. The buy highs were Andrew Benintendi and Michael Brantley. And we are actually worried about Jay Bruce and Sean Manaya. And I'll throw in Chase Anderson and Michael Conforto. I have a Michael Conforto segment uh, coming up later, or he's in a segment coming up later. I have to tell you all about a new sponsor, though, and I do want to thank all of our sponsors for making it possible to give everybody this fantasy baseball coverage every day. Our new sponsor is Lightstream. I was on the Lightstream website, lightstream.com, earlier today, just kind of messing around. It's a pretty cool website. It's easy to use. And Lightstream is a credit card consolidation loan site. So this is your way to get to pay less interest on your credit card debt. It rewards consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate and no fees. So you can get a credit card consolidation loan from 5.49% APR with auto pay. Save thousands of dollars in interest. And uh, the application is 100% online. You can even get your funds as soon as today. Our listeners can get an additional interest rate discount, so an even better deal, on top of Lightstream's already low rates. And the way to do this is to go to lightstream.com slash strike. I'm going to spell it out for you. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash strike. Lightstream.com slash strike. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for important information about limits on lightstream loans and same day funding. If I get good at that read, I can read that disclaimer like super fast like they do on the radio, you know? No, it's yeah. good stuff though. Like uh, micro machines guy. Yeah. Lightstream.com slash strike people will check it out. All right, I've had enough of us arguing with each other. Let's help the people out with a bonus edition of the Fantasy Regulators. All right, this is really strange. So we got this email. I'm not even going to include the name or the Twitter handle of this guy. This is what he said. Oh, yeah. A member of our league was sentenced to 90 days. He and I worked (laughs) together at a factory that makes salt and pepper shakers. He wanted to leave our shift early on opening day, and our shift manager was being a jerk. So my friend beat the crap out of him. He's now in jail, and he lost his job. I have been visiting him twice a week and managing his team based on what he tells me. What a great friend. Yeah, right? I started sleeping with his girl, and I think he knows. No one else will visit him, and I don't want to get in a verbal altercation with him because that wouldn't be cool. 
What should our league do? 12-team points league with no keepers. <laughs> and we don't allow sparks. I don't know if it's serious, but we seriously Wait, got this email. Of course it's serious. Of course it's serious. Oh man. I, I, I think this, I think this goes beyond our expertise. Well, let's just handle this on a case by case basis. Very nice of you to be helping him run his team. Right. I, I, I think we need to make sure the rest of the league knows that you're running his team because some other owners might have a problem with that. There could be some conflicts of interest there. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I would probably try to keep trying to help the guy out and run his team. Um, if you can't do that by visiting him, maybe we could arrange some, some phone calls. Um, what about the sleeping with the girl thing, Heath? That's really the, the issue here. No, I don't think that's, that's, uh, yeah. It, you see, it says girl and not wife. And we need to know, like, did she break up with him for going so. to jail for punching his boss? Well, so I mean, it's possible. If if she did, then it's probably fine. Do you want help from the guy who's sleeping with your girl? Well, I I mean, you got to win fantasy. Yeah, I I'd hate to just miss an entire season because I punched my boss, <laughs> Scott. If I punched Chris, would you? <laughs> Come visit me and run my team for me. Oh my god. Could you imagine if Heath punched Chris? That would never happen. <laughs> Although I guarantee he's made you like close. Get pretty close a few times. Um alright, that uh, that was this round of I'm not even gonna let Scott answer that question. That's this round of the fantasy regulators. Let's talk baseball. Alright, the own O meter. This is a bet this is a Chris actually this was Chris, our boss, telling us uh, a better way to do the add o meter. So the ono meter, you give us a number one through ten or zero through ten, and it coincides with with how owned the player should be. So if you say he's a ten, he should be close to one hundred percent owned. If he's a five, fifty percent owned. On the ono meter, Ian Kinsler, uh, he has been hot last nine games. He has four homers and three doubles. Kinsler sixty six percent owned. Where is he on the ono meter? Five. Okay. So this corresponds with ownership percentage. Where you think it should I... be? Seven. Okay, fifty to seventy percent. That's cool. <laughs> I think he's much better than his stat line to date. Like the batted ball profile is actually really good. Yeah. It, okay. Was it also last? And he's year? he's hot lately. It was last year. Yes. I looked, and he did have a seven-game stretch in June. Kinsler with four homers and two doubles, and he was obviously garbage for, for basically the whole season. But I didn't drop him in our roto league. He steals a base every now and then. He's batting lead off again. There are things to like about Kinsler. So 50 to 70% on, that's where we're cool with him. Jurek's I mean, pro far. Like he was pretty good last year. Like, I know he hit, the batting average was low, and it's just one of those, he's just one of those players where, like, the sum is, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I, I mean, like, I guess, but isn't that sort of the reverse of what you were saying about Shohei Otani versus Tanner Roark? Like, if you started well, it's Ian not Kinsler, like Tanner Roark isn't unownable. Like we're we're just talking about the threshold here. Is is he worth owning? Ian Kinsler was not worth. I owning think last in seventy percent of leagues, Kinsler is worth owning. But last year isn't isn't a hundred percent of leagues. But last year he was not, not worth owning in a points league. Um, I I mean I don't have my per game numbers pulled up, but I want to say he was about on the level of like a Cesar Hernandez. Uh, he was. Better than him, but Cesar Hernandez wasn't worth it. I, I, what are you talking about? Last year? Uh, I, 
Heath, do you think Cesar Hernandez was worth owning? Well, I do, but you are a strange cat to be making this argument now, because I think we can probably go pull the tapes from 2017 and hear multiple times where you did not think Cesar Hernandez was worth owning in a points league. Well, I'm only giving him a seven. All right, all right, I'll move on, I'll move on. A points league, yeah, I mean, Kinsler, 70% ownership probably doesn't include many points leagues. Uh, Jurekson Profar, Jurekson Profar, 52% owned. Where is he on the Ono meter? Five. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a five, two. Um, a lot of doubles, cause I was, cause he actually shows up pretty high in the points rankings for, you know, sub 800 OPS, low batting average, but he doesn't strike out much and he's hit a lot of doubles. And obviously two home runs yesterday. Uh, my bench. There's the potential for him to rise on the ownometer. I do wonder though, what happens when uh, when Andrews is back? Is there... I think there's a decent chance. I mean, Rugnet Odor's got to do something before then, right? Or right. if Profar keeps this up and Odor keeps this up, it might be Profar playing more often. Or maybe they put him somewhere in the outfield. I don't know. Um, Dansby Swanson, fifty percent owned. Ono meter four. I'll give him about, you know what, I'm gonna change my profile answer from five to six, and then I'm gonna give Swanson a five. Alright, so we both would rather have, we, we all would rather have Profar than Swanson. Yes. Uh, CJ Crone, 76% owned, where should he be? CJ Crone. Five? Probably about a seven, six. Okay. Um, yeah, not a, not quite as rosterable as Kinsler. Jason Kipnis, thirty-seven percent owned. Like a five, four, four. You know what? Lower than Swanson. He's four, three. Fran Mill Reyes, twenty-eight percent owned. Three. That's like a three. Okay, he sat yesterday. Uh, yeah, he's just Fran Mill Reyes. Chuck Peterson, twenty-one percent owned. Three homers in his last three games. Two of them were at Colorado. Two. Four. And that actually was um, three homers in his last three games entering yesterday. He did not homer yesterday. Uh, Derek Dietrich, 18% owned. Derek Dietrich has a, an 1120 OPS and a 400 batting average in his last 21 games. Derek Dietrich. Like a two. Three. Two, three, okay, not really feeling it with Derek Dietrich. How about Pablo Sandoval? He's been pretty good lately, and he's playing first base for the time being. One. For the time being. Yeah, it's a one. Okay. And just because he homered yesterday, how about Lewis Brinson, who homered twice yesterday. One of them was off Jed Jerko. I guess I'll go to just if you're looking to stash upside. I think a more important question with Lewis Brinson is, is Chris Towers right? Is, um... Is a certain radio program being cruel to him? I don't know what that's in, in reference to. There is a campaign to get Lewis Brinson into the All-Star game. Oh, just come to, on. That's just not, to make a mockery of that it. That is, that is mean. That is mean. I, I, would, don't, I wouldn't It's kind of funny. Eh, it's yeah. mean. And like the whole vote Omar thing happened two years ago and that was just, nobody thought, oh, they're being mean to Omar Infante. Well, I mean, Omar Infante, was actually would've. had actually been like he had he hadn't been an all star level player, but he had been a quality player that year. But Brinson, no, he had starting. a two sixty, he had two sixty nine on base percentage. He was awful. When? 
The year he made the All-Star team? No, the year that Royals fans almost voted Infante in. Oh, who cares oh, about yeah, Royals fans? Oh, yeah, but everybody fans. was making fun of Royals fans that year. Yeah, who cares? This is a Roy- Who cares about Royals fans? I want to talk about the best fans in baseball, Marlins fans. They shouldn't be voting in <laughs> Lewis. Like, I don't think it's thing actually, is, the it's thing not is actually the Marlins. Marlins the Marlins no. may have the best player at a position, the most deserving representative at a particular position in the NL, JT Real Muto. Like, like if you if you just like the idea of a Marlin starting in the All Star game, because no, that's it's funny. a ba- it's, the idea is specifically a bad Marlin. All right, guys, let let me let me get on to uh, the cray crayometer in just a second. But uh, yeah, I told you you can go on draft and win some money, specifically my money. Because I came in last place out of five last night. I had Jack Flaherty and J.D. Martinez, Chris Davis, who homered, Charlie Blackman, and Eddie Rosario, who combined for zero fantasy points. So bad day for me, which is pretty typical. Um, and I did wait on hitting, which is a good strategy. It did not work out. No, I did wait on pitching, excuse me, which is a good strategy, and it did not work out. I was actually pretty psyched to get Jack Flaherty. Did not have a very good start at the Marlins. Um, but anyway, or home against the Marlins, rather. You should get on draft right now and use our promo code FB today because it is super fun. Look, that was a buck last night. Whatever. I don't care if I lose a buck. I have a great time doing it. Now, if you want to play for more stakes, higher stakes, feel free. But drafts start at a buck, so there's a draft out there for everyone. And if you use the code FB today when you sign up and make your first deposit on draft, you'll get a free entry into a real money baseball draft. Again, the code is FB today. You'll also automatically be following me. Search for Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and enter the promo code FB today. How crazy would I be if I dropped the following players? On a scale of 0 to 10, how crazy would I be if I dropped Odubel Herrera, who is now just outside the top 30 at outfield? Odubel Herrera. Uh, um, Standard 12-team league? Yeah. 10. I was I wasn't gonna go that high, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably swoop in and pick him up if you dropped him. So I'll go eight. Miguel Sano. This is a, this one's gonna be a, a real life situation for me pretty soon with Sano. Seven. So so lower means more likely to drop, right? Yeah, like yeah. lower is it's totally okay to drop. Is this a confusing? Yeah, this is I think confusing. like three. Yeah, I mean it's kind of backwards. All right, fine, fine. Let's do the dropo meter then. Drop a meter on Odubel Herrera is zero. Where's the drop a meter on Miguel Sano? I like the Cray Cray Almutter. Uh, <laughs> four. Three. Four. Three. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, uh, like standard 12 team league, I'd probably like a seven. My fear with dropping Probably's- Sano is that he becomes the hottest hitter in baseball in a few weeks, you know? That he's that kind of guy. That, that yeah, fear that's... could actually be realized. Yeah. But, like, I like Jamer Candelario more than Miguel Sano. Is that unfair to say at this point? Like, not unfair. If I have, if I have Jamer Candelario as my thir- starting third baseman, I don't feel like I have a problem at third base. If I have Miguel Sano as my starting third baseman, I feel like I do. Well, um, yeah. For stretches, can Sano be better than Candelario? Sure. But why, why have the headache if you don't? Well, like, I mean, I don't know. Is- I, this is a guy who hit 276 with 21 home runs before the All-Star break last year, and then he dealt yeah. with a shin injury in the second half. And we have seen we have seen Miguel Sano be awesome. So he has a lot more upside than Candelario. All right, how, how, uh, how about... Yet I think Candelario has an All-Star level upside. Okay, well, you like Candelario a lot. Uh, how about Michael Conforto not... on the drop-o-meter? Um, 
he's like a nine. Five. All right, Scott, you ready to drop it? Are we, are we do you, talking about the same size leagues here? Maybe I'm thinking more of like a head-to-head context. All right, 12 teams, three or four outfielders, or three outfielders and one or two utility. We'll go with the... Yeah, that's uh, probably about enough line. Yeah. Five outfielder would be lower, but three outfielder like that, nine. Heath, you're at a five with Conforto? Yeah, I'm staying with a five. And I think the difference with both of these guys is based on what they've actually done, they should be tens on the drop meter this year. But I'm just still valuing their upside and the possibility well, of what they could be in the second half. Like a three outfielder league, like how many hitters are you going to have on your bench? Cause you one or can't two. Have them in your lineup. You're losing if you have them in your lineup. I don't, yeah, I don't really know that like, one guy is losing you head-to-head matchups each week, one hitter, but... It might be. Well, okay, so so here's the thing with this segment. It's like, I understand that based on what Miguel Sano and Michael Conforto are doing right now, they're extremely droppable. What I don't want to do is drop a player who's going to have a huge second half and make me look like an idiot and beat me later on in the year or help some other guy (laughs) win. So, you know, that is really the issue with these guys because you know what they can do when they're right. They just haven't been right. Um, so, so for example, if I have a bench spot, and I'll just get off the, the dropo meter here and talk about some other guys. If I have a bench spot and I'm debating between dropping Michael Conforto or Nick Marcakis, I might be in the minority, but I think I'd rather drop Nick Marcakis because I don't think he's very no good. Chance. No chance. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I would that. much rather have Marcakis. I, Mar- I would much a, rather a start Marcakis, but in a bench spot, in a, sh- in a more shallow format like that, I'd much rather have Conforto's upside on the bench. I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, Conforto wants to know they could still become good. But like roster space is limited and I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's so automatic. Like I don't think it's a situation you look at the number the underlying numbers and you say, Okay, obviously this just guy's just over underachieving. He's going to be fine. There's legitimate reason to think Conforto and Snow won't be fine. And Oh, I agree. Like I I don't have I don't have room for that in those leagues. I look at the worst player on my roster in like our our standard podcast league, twelve team head to head points league. I'm not dropping my worst player for either Sano or Conforto. I'm I think that yeah, I think the difference is when you're looking because I do think one or two bench players it could be hitters. Um, I have one league where it's four, but just because the pitching staff is so good, I do think we're just looking at that bench spot. And you're wanting the better player, and I'm wanting the higher upside. Yeah, like Scott, then you just pick up Gregory Polanco in our podcast league. I mean, he's yeah, he could easily be on this list. Only because I had an immediate need in the outfield with Brandon Belt going on the DL. Okay, like I, I didn't pick him up just because I wanted him. I looked, I looked at all the outfield options and said, okay, yeah, this guy's probably the best. Um, and so I added him. But like, as soon as Belt comes back. Unless Gregory Polanco is suddenly performing like a stud, I'm probably dropping Gregory Polanco for the next whatever flavor of the week pitcher emerges on waiver wire. All right, so I, this has been the the worst show that I've ever hosted. I uh, just we've got <laughs> really oh terrible. I thought that was a pretty good conversation. That was a good conversation, but um, you know, I think I can make it. I think I can make the show better. Go ahead. We got a very uh, important tweet, and I need to check and see if it's correct. Scott, can you please say the word "didn't"? Didn't. Uh, the tweet was wrong. The show is awful. Sorry. What, what, wait, wait, wait. How, how, what did you want me to say? 
Uh, you've been accused of not being able to say the word didn't. You clearly can. Yeah. Can. Uh, all right. So in the bullpen, <laughs> Jay Reese Familia pitched the eighth. They wanted him to face the heart of the order. And that's the second time he's pitched the eighth in his last four appearances. And he gave up a run. Not entirely his fault. It was kind of a bad play at short or a weird play at short. Brad Boxberger blew a save. He had pitched, that was his third day in a row pitching. One thing I noticed, Archie Bradley has not pitched more than an inning in 13 straight appearances. So that's a different way they're using Bradley. I don't think we're worried about familiar Boxberger losing their jobs. Um, Soria got a save, his sixth for the White Sox. I, Nate Jones pitched I think game. he's the closer again. Okay. Because Jones like blew it. one. It a doubleheader yesterday, and Jones blew one, and Soria got one. Two and yet ago. at the same time, if two days from now, Let's so let's say Sori is fully rested. If they just if if Rick Renteria decided to go with Nate Jones, like I'm not gonna be surprised by that either. Hunter Strickland um, was used as a closer, I guess, yesterday. Pitched in a tie game in the tenth inning, got the win. And that was a home game, I believe. Uh, and uh, yeah, Melanson's pitched only twice, so they're, they're obviously we don't know anything concrete there about what will happen. And Hector Rondon got a save for the Astros. This one was pretty annoying. No reason why Giles couldn't have gotten the save there, but they they used Rondon for a four-out save, and he's having a good year. I don't know what to say at this point about the stinking Astros and their stupid bullpen. <laughs> it's actually got a lot of very good pitchers in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Don Cooper, uh, people want us to know that Jose Quintana and Chris Sale thrived under Don Cooper, so that is noted. John Jay got traded. The Diamondbacks have now acquired the nicest player in baseball in John Jay. Let's talk about some pitchers from yesterday. I keep mentioning Tanner Roark, so he pitched. Dylan Bundy pitched. Eduardo Rodriguez pitched. John Gray pitched, and Jose Quintana pitched. And uh, two of them had quality starts: Tanner Roark and Dylan Bundy. Who's the most interesting one here? Roark, Bundy, Eduardo Rodriguez, John Gray, Jose Quintana. I I don't think any of these starts were particularly inter- interesting, but the Quintana getting the ten strikeouts against the Phillies, I guess, would be the most interesting thing to me. Okay. Yeah, he's more or less turned it around. I, I know the it hasn't been totally steady, but last eight starts, it's lowered his ERA from 7.78 to 4.20. He's Sonny Gray so, all over again. Well, Quintana? Yeah. I'd much rather have Quintana. I, I know. I yeah, know, I'd, I'd know. much rather have Quintana, too. I know. Um, and hey, Eduardo Rodriguez, guys, very interesting pitcher. Strikeout rate is through the roof, 77 strikeouts in 66 innings. One two zero whip is great for Eduardo Rodriguez. It's usually closer to 1.3. 1.29, in his first three seasons. So the whip's been much better. The walks and the hits are both lower. That's still kind of a high whip, but nah, it's, it's just okay. Um, but he just, he pretty much never pitches six innings. How do you value Eduardo Rodriguez? I mean, if he did pitch six innings consistently, he might be like a top 30 pitcher in fantasy. So. But, uh, question. I think. Can we, can what? I, can I put a sell high label on Eduardo Rodriguez since he's really never been this good? No, I think, uh, and, and maybe I was alone in this, but I, I suspected he had this kind of upside. I mean, he had a great strikeout rate last year too, and it was just a matter of, um, like it, it seemed like he was underachieving with the kind of strikeout rate he had prior. And the, the strikeouts are up this year, but the ERA is pretty close to like he's got a career four one five ERA and three nine nine FIP, and he's got a three six eight ERA this year. So I don't I don't think he's that over his skis too much. The seven and one thing is probably going to elevate him in the points and roto standings a little more than it should. But but you know what? The Red Sox are 
amazing. And like he's going to win between 15 and 20 games if he stays healthy. Feel pretty confident in that. All right, Eduardo Rodriguez. Fringy Probably not pitchers. 20, but closer to 15. <laughs> yeah, let's go 12 to 17. By the way, Rodriguez <laughs> is uh, 17th in points, 18th in roto since making his season debut on April 8th. Fringy starting pitchers, give me your top three. Daniel Mangden, Jake Odorizzi, Chase Anderson, Clay Buckholtz, Zach Wheeler, Sam Gavilio, and Bartolo Colon. Mangden, Odorizzi, Anderson, Buckholtz, Wheeler, Gavilio, Cologne. Top three, huh? Okay, I would probably. I mean, I don't love this group. First of all, no, I hate but it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop Anderson out of the top three and go Odorizzi, Wheeler, and Mangden. I don't own any of these pitchers, and I don't have much interest in owning any of these pitchers. So I have a hard time arguing too much with Scott's ranking. What do you think about Sam Gavilio? Seven scoreless innings against the Yankees, and he's got a 2.51 ERA, and his previous two starts were against the Phillies and the Red Sox. Uh, two starts next week for Gavilio. He's 8% owned. He's at Tampa Bay and home against Washington. What the dealio is, Sam Gavilio? I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's anything to get excited about. Okay. Then I won't get excited <laughs> about him. Um, all right. I think that's more or less it for a really, I'm sorry, convoluted, disjointed show on my part. But Scott and Heath brought it. I will do the uh, matchups for today's games in just a moment. Just uh, going to get the, well, why don't, somebody else, why don't you get those queued up on your working uh, computer machine, unlike my <laughs> terrible one. Yeah, you've really pulled this show. You're really salvaging it here. All right, today's matchups. It's a Thursday, so we've got a lot of day games, only four night games on the schedule. We have Jason Hamill against Paul Blackburn. Nope. Tyler Anderson against Tyler Malley. So Adam's going to do the analysis now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pass on both. Yeah. Um, Jameson Tyone against Danny Santana. Oh. Uh, I go with Tyone. Tyone, yeah. Jose Barrios against James Shields. <laughs> I Barrios. will go with Barrios and not Shields. Miles Michaelis fit- against Trevor Richards. Yeah, Michaelis. Yep. Nick Pavetta against Tyler Chatwood. Oh, Pavetta. Just Pavetta. Jaime Garcia against Hess. David Hess. <laughs> uh, then let's let's sit them both. What do you say? Yeah. Matt Boyd at Fenway. Is this when the regression finally hits against Beeks making yeah. his debut? Uh, he, I, I mean, mean I'm obviously he could have a bad start. It wouldn't necessarily be regression, right? Uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not starting Boyd against the Red Sox. What about Beeks, guys? Is he a streamer? Like. No, I don't think so because I think there's too much danger of the Red Sox handling with ki- him with kid gloves here. And like, even if he pitches well, I doubt he goes six and there's a chance he doesn't even go five. Even if he pitches well. What else we got, Heath? Mike Leak at Tampa against Ray's bullpen. I'd start that's, Leak. That's I'm the starting first Leak. borderline one. That's the first borderline one. Um, I wouldn't have a problem starting league. 
Garrett Cole at Texas against Cole Hamels. This is the Cole Cole match. I'm starting them both. Uh, let me let me just look so, up real quick uh, all of the Cole because I think this is his third or fourth start against the Astros this year. So he started against them on opening day and he went uh, five and two thirds, three earned runs, six innings, two earned runs at Houston, and six innings, no earned runs at Houston. So I'm starting Garrett uh, Cole Hamels. So the fun thing about this matchup, and I'm stealing this from Twitter, but if you're if somebody asks you uh, who's pitching. The Astros Rangers games, you go Cole Hamels. And it sounds like you're just talking about <laughs> one pitcher. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about both. You could also do that with the first names. Garrett, Garrett and Cole. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Alright, now I'm gonna, uh, I think that's it, right, Heath? Those are all the matchups for today. Good job. You did a great job. So, last thing. Jason Hayward hit a walk-off grand slam yesterday off Adam Morgan. It was Jason Hayward's first hit all season against a lefty, and Adam Morgan's first extra base hit allowed to a lefty. Uh, this year, and that came from the beat writer for the Cubs for the Athletic. Where is your name, kind sir? Oh, I don't have his name. Oh, why should this go smoothly? Yep, it's a great way to end it. That's a great way to end it. For Chris Towers and Jamie Eisenberg, I'm Dave Richard. Talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today.